Hello? Viva Revolution! Speaking <laughs> of Massive Ego, I will talk about the live show, which I do every Wednesday at 7pm. It's uh, about photography, but it dips into topics like history and geography and music often as well. And uh, I'm expanding that in 2022. It says in the title of this podcast debate, but this is more of a conversational style podcast generally but what we guarantee you is real discussions real opinions real views no scripts we don't really prepare don't look at us for being the experts we're just like you we're a friend in your ear during these challenging times we're the people's countryside environmental debate podcast and today we're going to be discussing whether or not uh, leaving grass unmown is a genuine attempt at rewilding or just a just an, uh, an enabler to save labour costs. What do you think? Let us know. I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabber and uh, I always say my job is getting people out there and aware of nature around them on their doorstep in their everyday life in as many ways as possible. I do that by writing and by giving talks, leading walks, doing these podcasts and uh, a challenge for me is still ongoing. It's uh, my, my health has actually gone downhill and I've officially been signed off sick by the doctor for two months. And uh, she said, right, Stuart, you're not allowed to do anything. I want you to rest. But she said, I also know you're going to ignore me. And I'm going to ignore that telephone call. I should really turn my phone off. Are you going to leave that in, are you? <laughs> Probably. I will leave it in. It's still going on now. I'm just turning my phone off. Who's this voice from the ether? Now, this voice from the ether is uh, William Manclo. Yeah, we are. I'm at the other end of each, each at the other end of a Zoom call here, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, that yeah. that phone turn off there sounded like the Mysterons, if you remember. I know. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm William Manclo. I'm the co-host of this podcast. Thanks, thanks very much for being with us. Um, we wouldn't be recording this podcast anymore, would we, Stuart, without anybody actually listening? Well, maybe no. we would. I don't know. Would we? Well, I think we would. We'd just, for our own massive egos, would just require us to sit with a microphone uh, speak, now and again. Speaking of massive ego, I will talk about the live show, which I do every Wednesday at 7pm. It's uh, about photography, but it dips into topics like history and geography and music often as well. And uh, I'm expanding that in 2022. Um, actually, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking this was 2020 and we're going into 2021. I seem to have skipped a whole year. Uh, my challenge really has been uh, I'm going away for the, the next two weeks after recording this. I'm going to be mm. away on the next two Wednesdays. So I've had to pre-record things in advance. And that in itself is a bit of a challenge when you're trying to do two things at once almost. So I, I do a pre-recorded mm. one and then go straight into my live show because it helps both, you know, helps, mm. helps the performance. But mm. that's a challenge that I've mm. faced. It says in the title of this podcast debate, but this is more of a conversational style podcast generally. But what we guarantee you is real discussions, real opinions, real views, no scripts. We don't really prepare. Don't look at us for being the experts. We're just like you. Um, we're, we're just two, two, two guys exploring this stuff. But we have had some feedback from a listener, William. Yes. Headley, Headley Thorne listens to us on his commute. Have a read through of what he's just uh, fed back via Twitter. Yeah, Headley, thank you very much. Um, I hope you're enjoying this. Well, it sounds like you're enjoying this podcast, but I hope you enjoy it for, for many years to come because Stuart yeah. and I are going to be producing this and 
until the day we die, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We've got so much pre-recorded stuff. Uh, even if I pop off tomorrow, there's still still going to be enough for the next two years, I think. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be producing until 2050, right? Um, yeah. Or should we be reducing our production? Oh, that's a different thing entirely, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So sorry, I'll get around to this quote. It um, to this feedback we had and thank you very much Headley for sending this in uh love your podcast guys I listen on my commute it's down-to-earth presentation providing insightful answers to the thoughts that we all have as a countryside lover this is Headley of course uh, I also lean towards these kind of podcasts but they also cover many human social topics as well I think that's where we we came with these six specific topics these themes that run through everything we do and I think the they're sort of the if you think about how these themes are i always i've always likened them to a house you know that the actual the 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 foundation is always that human Mm. condition you know there's philosophy Mm. and human condition at the bottom and nature and and sustainability at the top with social justice in Mm. in the living room if you know what i mean Mm. (laughs) at one time we used to talk about we had a listener who was an artist anna dylan who used to listen to us while she was painting and I know that she and Headley, both uh, both artists in, in their own way, they had a joint exhibition. I think it was at Radley College in Oxfordshire. And um, mm. I wanted to go, but I, I was up in Manchester, couldn't get back. But it's interesting, uh, you know, uh, where our listeners are from, what, what they do while they're listening. You know, thanks, Headley. It's, uh, you're the only second Headley I've ever, ever, ever known. There was a... There was a um, Remember at Oxford Speedway, there used to be a guy called Headley Feast, and he was sort yeah. of like... Yeah, uh, Headley Feast, he was, he's still he around. Was, he's still yeah, around. Yeah, he, he used to be involved with o- o- uh, Radio Oxford, but he, I remember uh, Oxford Speedway were having a bad run of results, so he, I think he was a clergyman of some kind, and they got him in to e- exercise the track, because of bad luck. Yeah. Headley Thorne is the only second Headley I've ever met. Yeah, Headley Feast, I, I, he, I think he took the service for my grandfather's funeral and really? i think he still reads out the local football results for oxford really BBC Radio oxford i, I don't really? know if he's still I'm, I'm sure <clears throat> you know that's when they go through the whole entire football clubs and you're like I, I, mm. I haven't even heard of that village and then they've got they've not just got one team they've also got a second team and a third team mm. <laughs> yeah. anyway so let's move on uh we, well, this podcast is about keeping the big issues in your consciousness uh, and to make us all aware, me, William, you, the listener, we're, that we're all custodians of a little piece of countryside that are on our doorsteps. Uh, and just while we're being aware of that, just be aware that we are part of nature and we're not separate to it. Like I said, we're just like you. We're just trying to find a way forward in the in, in, in the myriad of challenges that we all face. And so let's get back to the question we're going to conversate around Alan from Northway. Well, we said in the previous podcast, he's a greedy bugger. And he's got this one and the one after next. He's got questions coming out of his ears, the boy has. He has, yeah. Well, where is Northway, Stuart? Whereabouts is it? Northway is it's in the suburban tundra of Headington in Oxford. Um, Would, uh, yeah, Wouldn't it be Marston? I thought I was thought Northway. It's between be Marston, the John Radcliffe and... Um, Oh, Headington, uh, yeah. and, and you know it, it's an interesting. Uh, I used to think it was posh, but that was just ordinary people living there. My my anyway. mum grew up in Northway, so it can't be posh. She doesn't. No. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she won't be offended. 
No. <laughs> okay, so what's the question from Alan again? The question is, uh, well, it's about councils, you know, about the local council, and I'm sure yeah. everybody has a bee in their bonnet about the local council, no matter where you are in the world. Um, right. they, they get they get, the, they get the sort of rough end of the stick a lot, often, I feel. Anyway, that's my own opinion. Um, so the question from Alan, thank you for your um, 100th question, I think it is, mm. <laughs> is... Is the council not mowing the grass areas in Oxford a genuine attempt to at rewilding or a consequence of labour and funding shortages? Uh, now, this this is a relatively old question, though, I think, because I remember during the summertime that um, a lot of the verges here um, it, it weren't being cut. And it was actually a quite, uh, if you went onto social media, it was quite a hot topic. Well, lots of things are hot topics on social media, but mm. it, it, it was, you know, people were complaining that it, it was it was cutting back a, a line of sight if you're if you're driving, for example, if you're yep. trying to pull out. Um, so this is that that's really what this is referring to. But I'm sure in your local area that this is probably happening as well. Um, mm. for, it, it's got it, for me. It, it always came across came across as being trying to find a way of um, cutting costs. That's how it kind of came across to me. Mm. Uh, but it had a benefit of having this extra this extra long grass as well. It, Maybe, uh, you know, um, that's how that was. That's how I kind of saw it. I did. I never saw it as a genuine attempt, genuine attempt at rewilding. I don't think that's necessarily in there. I think it's a consequence of if it not being done. But uh, it wasn't. Maybe the uh, it wasn't the uh, the main drive, main mm. main reason main reason behind it. What do you think? Well, I'm going to say to the listener that's uh, listening to this now while they're on their um, exercise bike in their local gym with their headphones on listening to us, you might be listening and thinking, hmm, William's a bit cynical. You wait till you hear what I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, especially if Headley's listening to that on his on his commute, he's going to hopefully not yeah. have to shuffle around and feel uncomfortable too much, right? <laughs> yeah, brace yourselves. Okay, um... I was involved in a project down in Leatherhead in Surrey a number of years ago, and the, and the council down there, they wanted to leave some of the grass verges unmown and some of it really short-mown. Because short-mown grass is a habitat in itself. You know, you don't want everything long. You want bits of short. Anyway, it was interesting because it divided people 50-50. Some people who said the, the bits that had been left long saying it was untidy, and other people said, oh, it is fantastic. So I, in the talks I give, uh, face-to-face or, or online, I often say, does tidiness actually exist outside of... Tidiness and untidiness, does it actually exist outside of human consciousness? Because if one person looks at a piece of land and says, that's untidy, and another person looks at exactly the same piece of land and says, fantastic habitat, it's not untidy, does it exist? Anyway, so moving on to what's happening in Oxford this year. Well, I'm going to speak to this as an outsider because I spent most of the year in Manchester travelling back. So I've not really been privy to the public narrative from the council. But looking at it, it looks like pretty much 100% attempt at saving money. Because I remember there was a a road development up by Hayford Hill Sainsbury's in Oxford and and all the road was... uh, rearranged and the following year all these poppies popped up you're, you're talking in, you're talking about hamburger roundabout aren't you yeah yeah and uh i phoned up radio oxford once and said can we have a vegetarian option but they said no it has to be an hamburger roundabout anyway that that died a death just like it did then anyway <coughs> i don't know why i ran it a second time anyway um that uh, and then uh, we were driving past the following year and all these poppies were in full bloom and the council was trimming it down and I had an ex-council worker with me saying, well, they're just doing their job. They, they, they don't know it's good to leave them in flower. 
Anyway, so I, so I come back to Oxford this summer. The people who are leaving it don't know, uh, uh, are leaving it unknown. They don't know what the real benefits are. They have no idea. Not doing it because they know what they're doing. But also, there are some bits that should be cut down because it's obscuring sight lines. You, you, you have to, uh, to make it look managed. So there has to be a, maybe around the edges. You, 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 just, you just cut a little bit of it because it just appeases the people who say, oh, it's untidy. So it looks like it's intentional. But also, there's two key points here. You know when you go walking in the countryside and you see this big hedge? or the woodland edge, and you're walking along a field, and to the right of you is a big hedge or a woodland edge. That edge habitat, between one in, like the open field, or the hedge, or the woodland, that is where most of the life is. Edge habitats. Not hedge habitats. Edge habitats. Edge with an E, not hedge with a H. Yeah, exactly. So... We need to expand more of those edge habitats. And and sometimes, you, you say you, you've got a 100-metre stretch. So if you deviated, you did like scallop shapes, you, you actually have more edge habitat over that 100 metres because you're deviating the, the course of it. And so when you come bring that back to these unmown areas, it's the same thing. If you've got a moan section and an unmown section, where a lot of the life is going to be is the transition between the two. So if you don't have the two habitats, you're not going to have that transition. Also, a short moan grass is a habitat, because that's where a lot of the larvae bury themselves. But the thing is, a lot of this stuff is being left randomly, and a lot of these verges, there's actually very little diversity growing. It's just lots of long grass and... Uh, 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 and you you would have expected them if they wanted to increase the diversity, they'd be putting other flowers in there as well. Put you know, uh, I'm trying to do that. Mm. But also, the other thing that uh, flags up to me: you spend all year supposedly attracting all this wildlife to this bit of land, which you've not mown, and then you go suddenly come around in autumn and cut everything down to the ground. Where's ever all that stuff you've got attract you've attracted? Where where are their eggs? They've all been mown up. Where are they going to hibernate and come back next year? So by actually leaving it long and attracting wildlife and then decimating it in autumn, you, you just it's like mass murder. Yeah. Uh, and so if you do it properly, you you they would have left it unmown all summer, but would have left a number of patches here and there still unmown all the way through the winter. You know, you know so it's just. I would say if somebody from the council is listening to this and say, no, no, this is a, 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 a means to increase diversity, I wouldn't believe you, wouldn't believe them because they're just not saying the right things. Um, and so it's, yeah, I kind of get the impression with this that it's just maintenance rather than um, yeah. a, a, a encouraging biodiversity or, yeah. or, or actually it's just, ma- it's just basic maintenance. There's a difference between you know, cutting a hedge at the same time every year rather than thinking about, okay, what does this, what what what, yeah. what, what life does this harbour, what life does it actually mm. help um, and actually cut it at certain times of the year and in certain mm. ways. You know, if you just, you'd be, you'd, you quite often will see, and this is this is maybe a, a re- really, you know, I think, I think about how the council, any council works, it's just a matter of we've got this budget, 
we've got this amount of stuff to do and mm. we need to do it in this time and we need to do it in mm. this budget rather than it being anything more more mm. nuanced than that. But if the council were genuinely doing this, they would genu- genuinely be sending out surveyors at the end of the summer to see if mm. what they'd done, because they have to tick boxes to their, the people higher up the hierarchy. They have to show that by not mowing, it's actually increased the biodiversity of the insects and the plants. Mm. So I'm not seeing surveyors out there Mm. Um, surveying I, that's, um, that's, that's, that never, never struck me as the reason I mean of course mm. the, you know with a lot of the a lot, a lot of what was happened recently with with covid and and uh, we still we're still we still are in a pandemic right now mm. I think we think we kind of forget I can forget that sometimes I really can mm. but the the lack of cutting back the grass always mm. for me was a symptom of that as well you know yeah. of people being having to self isolate and just having mm. less people working for the council as well yeah. that's just how it is you know but this is an opportunity okay hmm. we can argue it, to a blue, it, blue in the face it could be it's, it could be an opportunity but i don't see it as an opportunity myself why well, i can't no. see that being an opportunity it can be but it, i can't see yeah. it actually that's what's going to come to fruition yeah but what why i'm thinking it's an opportunity is because we can argue to we're blue in the face that this is a genuine attempt or not a genuine attempt but now we often talk about changing habits. Now the council are in the habit of mowing less. We can now step in and then educate the decision makers and say, OK, we're not going to argue with you whether you're being honest or not, that this is a genuine attempt. But now you're out of the habit of mowing. How about mowing uh, when you start re-establishing the mowing regime? You just change how and when you mow certain areas. You know, it's an opportunity to start a discussion um, and educate the the, the uneducated who, who are sat on these mowers. Is it is it a matter of that? And this this everybody everybody falls foul of this. Is that you do? We know that I do gardening work for you, Stuart, right? And I'm pretty open and honest about how we do the work. And sometimes you'll tell us to do something at a specific spot, and we go there because we go there on a regular basis. We might forget that little extra bit you give us because mm. that we don't normally do that. That's out of the norm, normal. Yeah. So. What I'm getting at is this whole thing of, you know, you get into a habit of doing something yeah. without asking the question, why are we doing this? Yeah. Does this is this actually even beneficial for what yeah. we're actually just trying doing, to go? Like that council guy said who was working with me, are they just doing their job? One thing mm. I want to reiterate, I'm not saying people who sat on mirrors are uneducated generally, but often they're not educated about the impact on the environment of what their actions. Yeah. You know, they're not stupid people um just um just blissfully ignorant of of the good they could be doing by just mowing in a slightly different way i'd like to go also go right back to the start of what you were saying about um the two different points of view with this sort of thing you know yeah. how it's from one point of view it's like i'll let it wild let it rewild and all that sort of thing and then the other side is it's a mess it's a mess you know yeah. You know, it's it's you can get very easily entrenched in your own perspective. Yeah. It reminds me of a a really really fun uh, cartoon, but very deep. When you actually look at it, it looks really. You laugh at it, but when you the, the longer you look at this, and I want to share this in our, in our next um, newsletter, the longer you look at it, you more realise how deeply philosophical it is. So basically, it's just it's the premises of there's this two perspectives. One is a guy stood on an, on an island. Mm-hmm. And looking at a bloke, some sort of a guy on a boat in the sea, and then the mm. other one is the exact opposite view. So you're seeing the perspective from the person in the boat looking at the guy on the island, and the guy on the island is saying to the boat, to say to the guy, the guy on the boat, it's boat, yes, the boat's arrived, and the other guy is saying, land, there's land. 
So it's like mm. it's all a matter of looking at perspective and actually trying to see it from the other person's point of view mm. and actually not get too entrenched in, 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 in your own thinking. Uh, yeah. Challenge your own assumptions with these things, you know. And as you say, yeah. you know, the council can't... I, I still think the council sort of tread this, this, this precarious line between, you know, doing the right thing and doing not doing the right thing. You know, it, they, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. It's a bit yeah, like... Yeah, but it appears that they're doing something and pretending they're doing something else. But are, are they pretending or is it that just our, is that just our... Um, I've not seen any communication myself uh, from no, the no. council to say that's what they're doing. Is it just mm. how we're, we're extrapolating that information from what yeah, they're, from their actions? Go. So oh, maybe maybe the council should be a lot more open about what they're saying, what they're doing and yeah. say, look, this the reason why we're, this is the problem is because... You know, oh, it's because we are short of staffed. However, even that sort, that causes problems and that causes friction. Mm. There's always going to be somebody who goes, well, we pay our council tax, so you should sort, uh, sort this out sort of thing. Mm. The, I sit somewhere in the middle of this opinion. Is it untidy? Is it tidy? We, rewilding isn't about doing nothing. Rewilding is about, in, you know, changing the way we do things so things recolonize. And things don't recolonize just by doing nothing. Mm. So I sit somewhere in the middle. Anyway, good question, Alan. Episode after next, you've got another one. I just wonder how, how, how much steam you've got left in the tank to keep throwing these questions at us. Exactly, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I, I definitely definitely encourage... I think maybe, maybe, maybe just thinking an action for this episode is to is to get in touch with your council and see, see what their response is. You know, mm. if you're unhappy about something or you want to see a change in something, um, maybe get in touch with them. Because, you know, yeah. they, need, they, need, they need our feedback. I'm not going to say they're mm. perfect because there's no such thing as a perfect local council, is there? I don't think no. that's possible. We're, hu- we're all human beings at the end of the day. And, you know, there, there is probably a, ma- a de- decent amount of arse covering in, in, in council mm. activities. But at the same yeah. time, there's, there's some really decent people that work in local council. Um, so mm. just- Bogged down by systems. Yeah, it's always the way. When you're in a big, when you're a big in a big organisation, even like a, I mean, Oxford City Council are not large, not a large organisation. If you think about the size of the organisations in the whole world, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of things they need to sort of like uh, things they need to take into consideration. You know, it's it's a tricky it's a tricky it's a tricky thing to to uh, path to tread. It, it kind of analogise it to. I remember having a conversation with my wife recently about um, how donations. For any cause, from somebody who is has a lot of money, who's a millionaire, for example, um, she gave the example of uh, I think it was Hugh Grant gave I think it was ten thousand pounds to a specific cause, and he got in a lot of trouble. But one for actually somebody saying he didn't give enough money, <laughs> which is crazy because mm. that's that's quite a decent amount of cash. But I can guarantee you, if he'd given all, if he'd, if he'd given a million pounds or two million pounds. Then he would have been accused of boasting, you know, mm. of being oh, you're giving too much, you're you're taking it over, you know. Well, so what mm. can you what what can you do in that situation? That's the reason why I think a lot of a lot of people like that actually do things anonymously, mm. for example. But it's just that sort of thing, you know. That's that sort of thinking. I just wanted to raise that. Anyway, so if you enjoy this podcast, how many people should we that they share this podcast with, William? Uh, Seventeen and a half. Okay, so I would say eighteen and three quarters. So get on, share this podcast, expand our reach, tell people, even if you think, oh, they, these guys talk absolute dribble. Uh, oh, you know, if, if you disagree with absolutely everything we say, 
pull it, pull it everywhere because you you know just just mm. you, you act on impulse and, sh- and share it everywhere, especially on yeah. Twitter, especially on Twitter. Sla- yeah, slag us off on Twitter and get more people listening to us. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, yeah.